It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. On today's Locked On Thunder podcast, we're going to dive into the Oklahoma City Thunder having a few decisions to make today. On decision day here on the team options of Lou Dort, Mike Muscala, and Isaiah Roby. What are the predictions for those decisions? What's the salary cap look like heading into free agency? And we're going to power rank the entire Thunder roster on today's Locked On Thunder podcast. On the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder Podcast, on the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, media member, and editor-in-chief over at thunderousintentions.com, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. Email the show, LOThunderPod at gmail.com. On today's show, we're going to preview the Thunder salary cap including the team options and decisions that they need to make today on Lou Dort, Mike Muscala, Isaiah Roby, and power rank every single player on the current roster, all 21, where they fall in the pecking order for OKC. So it's going to be a fun show. Thank you for making Lockdown Thunder your first listen every single morning. Every single day we're here for you talking Thunder basketball. On today's Lockdown Thunder, let's talk about the decision day first. So the Thunder have control of a few team options that they have to decide on today. Mike Muscala, $3.5 million team option. Isaiah Roby, $1.9 million team option. And uh, Lou Dort, $1.9 million team option. All of those must be decided on today, Wednesday, uh, June 29th. So that's what you're looking forward to. And typically the Thunder will put all these out at the exact same time and they will... Um, you know, put it in the same press release. So if I had to guess, this will this information will come out, you know, sometime in the afternoon, probably looking at a brown. I would stay alert from about noon to three is where I'd stay alert. Uh, and then, of course, it can happen technically any time. But uh, that's kind of the ballpark I would look for. And today's show is brought to you by Arcade 1-Up. Locked On Thunder is partnering with Arcade 1-Up to give away three free NBA Jam Shack machines. That's right, three of them. These are... Uh, going to be the best you can get your hands on in terms of the retro gaming consoles. They have other consoles too, like Pac-Man and Golden Tee, but you're going to want your hands on the NBA Jam Shack machine because we all love NBA Jam. So check it out today by going to arcade1up.com slash locked on. That's arcade1up.com slash locked on for a chance to win one of the three. So the thing with the decisions, if I had to guess, the Thunder will pick up all of them. Uh, but it would not shock me if only Ludor is picked up or, or if uh, any combination of the three were picked up or declined. Sam Presti's already confirmed that the team will pick up Ludor's option. Uh, he said that if anything changes, he'll let us know. But uh, I don't think things will change. Sam Presti is pretty calculated with what he says. And so if he says 
they're going to pick up Ludort's team option, I think they're going to pick it up. So uh, Ludort will be under contract for $1.9 million. They can still work out an extension. Uh, it'll be a max uh, contract extension if they want to work it out that can max out at uh, about 4.5, I believe, somewhere just shy of $15 million, w- w- with $14 million being the base and then point whatever, uh, just shy of $15 million per year. So that's the AAV of his max deal with the Thunder. If he works out an extension, would be a maximum of $14 million per year. So uh, we'll see if they work out an extension. The reason this is so significant, and you can go back and listen to yesterday's podcast for the entire spiel, but the reason this is so significant is for the Thunder's perspective, declining this team option on Lou Dort would have made Lou Dort a restricted free agent. And so as a restricted free agent, you could go sign a contract with another team, but the Thunder have the right to match that deal and to uh, bring him back for that same contract that he signed somewhere else. Uh, with with picking up his option, yes, he does play for 1.9 this year, and yes, he's under contract, and yes, you keep your salary cap flexibility for 2023. However, if you cannot work out that extension this in this next few months here, then after this season is over, he will be an unrestricted free agent and can go anywhere he wants to, including, of course, high-profile contenders who are going to want Lou Dort. And so you risk losing Lou Dort for nothing by picking up his option right now. And so then that makes a trade even more appealing for OKC because you don't want to lose him for nothing. Now, maybe they have some sort of wink-wink, nudge-nudge thing where they're going to pick it up and uh, next summer work out an extension and all is going to be fine and well. But I would keep my antennas up for a possible trade being that you don't typically see Sam Presti let guys get to unrestricted free agency. So if, if the Thunder pick up his option today, like it's expected to be happening, and we get to the trade line and there's still no extension for Lou Dort, then... I think that it's uh, within the realm of possibility, of course, he gets traded. Uh, of, of course, this can all happen still where they pick up an option and extend him, but something to keep an eye on there. It would be much easier mechanically to extend him by declining the option today and then going into restricted free agency tomorrow. Uh, but we'll see what the Thunder end up actually doing. It's It sounds from Sam Presti, again, like they're going to pick it up. He said that on Saturday, and he hasn't really told a lie before. So uh, that's kind of the ramifications of that. For the whole spiel, you can go listen to uh, yesterday's podcast. As for Muscala and Roby, declining Roby's option would not be a slight to Roby. It would actually, I think, be a favor to Roby um, because I do believe Isaiah Roby, as somebody who created Isaiah Roby Island, I do believe Isaiah Roby has a future in the NBA. I do believe that he has a role in this league. Do I think that that's in Oklahoma City long term? I don't. Uh, I just think that he's getting phased out a bit and, and and the roles that they're bringing in and investing in, the players that they're bringing in and investing in are making him a bit redundant. You traded two second-round picks for Jeremiah Robinson Earl. To get Isaiah Roby, you traded Justin Patton. Like, at the end of the day, this is a business, and you look at how much they invested in one guy versus the other, uh, and so declining his option for the Thunder would open up a roster spot very easily uh, with no harm at all. And for Roby, it would allow him to go get to hopefully his forever home in the NBA um, and maybe fetch more than 1.9. I'm not sure what he'd be exactly valued at AAV wise, uh, but that's kind of where I think that if, if it did happen, if they did decline his option, it, it'd shock a ton of people because we all have watched as Roby these last couple of years. Fans have fallen in love with him. Uh, but if you dig a little bit deeper than surface level, it's not that surprising. Uh, as far as Mike Muscala, uh, Muscala's dad has been putting on Twitter that, like, if it's best for the team, they're comfortable with being declined. 
And uh, the Thunder have 21 people on the roster uh, right now. If you don't, I mean, Lindy Waters is not a two-way deal, but still, uh, if you're looking for just a cheap roster spot to, to make up, declining his $3.5 million option is a smooth way to get a open roster spot. So we'll see how that unfolds. But my prediction right now is that they all get picked up. Because even if you pick up Isaiah Roby's option, right, and, and you're paying him $1.9 million, um, if you were to go into training camp and just look like a guy who needs to be cut, right, and just and just lose the training camp battles he's put into, it's easy to get rid of 1.9 by just waving it. And, and sure, you have 1.9 on dead money in this season, but who really cares about that? At least you gave him the chance to compete and you gave your roster the chance to get better, uh, and he just wasn't better than the guy that you put in front of him. So it wouldn't shock me to see him all picked up today because there's not really a big option on the table that would kind of limit you or hamstring you cap-wise. Uh, and we already know, of course, that Ludor will be picked up. So that's what you got to look out for today. That's the big decision. And then I want to talk about the salary cap sheet in general, kind of the odds and ins, the ins and outs of it, what deals look like, and kind of what the cap sheet looks like entering free agency. Because I think that's very um, shocking to, to I know, national NBA fans for sure. Uh, I, I hear Keith Smith all the time, you know, he'll be fielding questions from other teams like, oh, why not just put this huge contract in OKC? And it's like, well, the Thunder actually don't have money. And so I want to dive into how the Thunder don't have money because I think that even for Thunder fans, you know, you, you've been, you know, told this entire time, under the cap, under the cap, under the floor, under the floor, under the floor, and then in the blink of an eye, the Thunder are going to be operating over the cap for this off season. So how does that all work? Has it all transpire? Plus, we're going to power rank every single player, every single one, on the roster for OKC coming up as well. So it's going to be very fun. We're going to get into all of it coming up on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. But first, I want to say right now, we're good friends over at Sakara. Sakara is where you want to be because it is incredible. Sakara is based on just incredible nutritional value. It's a wellness company that's anchored in food medicine on a mission to nourish your body through the power of plant. Sakara gives you the tools you need to transform your life with their organic, ready-to-eat meal delivery service and program, which is functional, it's wellness, and it is essential for you. Their nutritional design, chef-crafted breakfasts, lunches, dinners are made with powerful plant-rich ingredients, helping boost your energy, support your uh, digestion, curb your sugar cravings, and get your skin glowing. Plus, it's all delivered right to your door, ready to eat. Sakara's functional, plant-rich wellness essentials help you create a body you love living in. From their best-selling metabolism super powder to the foundation, their daily supplemental packets, Sakara's products are designed to support your wellness goals anytime, anywhere, and go right now to Sakara, which is offering our listeners 20% off of your first order. When you go to sakara.com slash locked on 20 or just simply enter code LOCKDOWN20 at checkout. That's Sakara, S-A-K-A-R-A dot com slash LOCKDOWN20 to get 20% off your first order. Sakara.com slash LOCKDOWN20. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming. Or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. 
TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast. On the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at LOThunderPod. And on today's show, we've talked about the decision day for the Thunder coming up with these contracts. But let's dig a bit deeper into their salary cap sheet right now. So after being under the salary cap floor all of last season and dispersing some extra money to their players because of it, the Thunder as soon as tomorrow, whenever free agency opens and the, and the league year changes over, will be over the cap uh, for the NBA league year. And I know that sounds very weird because of what we just mentioned, but here's how it happens. Uh, Shea's $30.5 million extension kicks in, so SGA would be now making $30.5 million per year. Uh, that starts on uh, you know tomorrow. Derek Favors is owed $10.1 million. Jermichael Green is owed $8.2 million. However, of course, Sam Price has already said that they're going to move on from Jermichael Green in some capacity. There's also dead money on the books to Kimball Walker, who's $27.4 million, and dead money on the books for Kyle Singler, who's a million dollars, but I guess technically, if you want to know the technical number, it is $999,200 for dead money in Kyle Singler. So the basis is you're paying Kimball Walker $27.4 million, and you're paying SGA $30.5 million. And then you have $18 million tied up in between Favors and Green. So those are your three big, you know, kind of lump sum of contracts. And then you have rookie contracts uh, the rest of the way, rookie scale deals the rest of the way. Aaron Wiggins is on a non-guaranteed deal. Vit Critchy is on a non-guaranteed deal. Dale Maldon's on a non-guaranteed deal. Kenny Hustle is on a non-guaranteed deal. So those are your non-guarantees. What that means is you can waive them and not pay the full portion of their salary. Uh, so when you're looking at roster crunch, it's important. However, a lot of those guys, uh, you probably want to keep around. That's why we're going to power rank them coming up. But like, for example, with Vit Critchie, he's making 1.5. If you waived him, you would not have to pay the full 1.5. You have to pay partial, you know, you know, part of that. Uh, Tail Maldon on a non-guaranteed deal, 1.9. Uh, if you waived him, you would not have to pay all of that. You would have to pay part of that and so on and so forth. Um, so that's where you're at. With a guy like Kenny Hustle, it doesn't really matter. You're not going to waive Kenneth Williams. Uh, so call this contract guaranteed if you want to. He's not going to get waived at any point this year. So his two point million, you know, his his two million dollars is uh, perfectly safe in this next season for Kenneth Williams. Uh, other notes around the salary cap: Ty Jerome's making four point two million, and that's one of the easier players to cut because four point two million doesn't kill you to waive to open up a roster spot, and he doesn't really provide all that much. Uh, and then also, just salary cap-wise, Lindy Waters is still on a two-way deal. They signed him to a two-year two-way deal, but the Thunder still have an open two-way slot. So uh, it might confuse some people. Uh, Melvin Frazier is on a cap hold, uh, but he is not on a two-way deal. So so they signed Melvin Frazier to that two-way deal. That expired at the end of the last season, and it's over with. So, so the Thunder still have a two-way deal to operate with while still having Lindy Waters uh, on a two-way deal. So you get two per year. Lindy takes up one right now, and the Thunder have one open. So let's power rank the Thunder roster because there's 21 players on the roster right now. And when we haven't even hit free agency and then in the meat of the offseason and summer league and things like that. So what you need to know is the Thunder have to get this down to 17 players, which includes two two-way slots. 
Uh, so 17 players by October, like by the end of training camp. So obviously, Lindy Waters is one of the two two-way slots, and then we'll have to file in the rest from this from this power ranking. But we're going to power rank this roster based on talent mixed with how they project to be in the future core, mixed with contract you know stuff and, and value on the open market and, and everything of that nature. It's very clear who the number one player on this roster is. Shea. I mean, SGA, Shea Gators Alexander is the number one player on this roster. He is going to, uh, you know, he's played at an all-star level these last couple of years while dealing with injuries and and uh, kind of a herky-jerky season. Uh, he should make an all-star game this year, but of course the all-star game itself is more political. You It, it, it factors in fan voting and factors in, uh, you know, team records and things like that. To me, it shouldn't be factoring in team records. It's an individual concept, an individual award, uh, you know, an accolade individually. But bottom line is SGA is playing at an all-star level. And so he might not be named to the all-star game, but he's an all-star. He's one of those kind of players. So SGA, number one, without question. Uh, number two, there, there can be debate here. Uh, it doesn't really matter who's two or three, but I'm going to go with number two, Josh Giddy. Youngest player to get triple doubles. He had four last year. Um, he was awesome last year. And, you know, he we kind of need to see how he still fits with SGA and now how he incorporates Chet Holmgren into that mix. And Chet Holmgren and Josh Giddy seem very happy to be playing with each other. Both of them do uh, with all of their uh, emojis on Instagram. And, and we asked Chet about uh, that at the end of the season. He actually has no prior history with uh, Josh Giddy, Like, they they really didn't know each other before um, the Thunder drafted Chet Holmgren, which leads the speculation to, to run wild with the fact of maybe Josh Giddy knew the pick way back on lottery night whenever he was flirting with with Chet Holmgren on Twitter and sending him the eyes emojis. Like, maybe Sam Presti ran this by the guys, like the top guys, SGA, Josh Giddy, and Josh Giddy just couldn't contain his excitement and was just commenting on anything Chet Holmgren did uh, because he never did that with any other player. In the draft, he only did it with Chet Holmgren, and so to find out that they didn't really have a prior history uh, with each other necessarily was uh, pretty interesting uh, from Chet Holmgren over the weekend in our in our kind of media scrums. So yeah, I'm gonna go with Ch- I'm gonna go with Chet three, but if you want to put Chet two, I-, I wouldn't blame you. I don't really care how you line out these top three. Besides SJ being number one, th- this is your top three. These are your guys that are going to propel you uh, and, and kind of um, make or break your your rebuild in this way. Number four, to round out the top four, um, it's going to be Lou Dort. He is an incredible defender. Uh, I think that he'll be put in a different role this year where he gets less touches offensively and is asked to do less on-ball stuff and is asked to shoot less threes from above the break and thus will improve his offensive efficiency and offensive numbers while still playing in a very, very high clip defensively. Um, the only pause you can give with Lou Dort is, again, Sam Presti typically does not let guys get to unrestricted free agency, and so to pick up his option that will make him an unrestricted free agent, put your antennas up for either this is going to be an extension pretty quickly or maybe even a trade pretty quickly. We don't really know what's going to happen in this future long term, but just pure talent-wise with the idea that you can still extend him after the year's over, um, I'm going to go with Lou Dort number four. And then rounding out the top five, I have Trey Mann. I, I love what Trey Mann has done. I think that at worst, you've got one of the best six men in the, in the NBA, in the league for years to come. Like, at worst, he's going to have a Lou Will-type career, I think, and collect multiple six-man-of-the-year awards, especially if this team 
uh, becomes a really good team and a really good contender eventually. Um, he's going to be awesome as a bench scorer, as a spark plug to this roster to jumpstart the offense. And that role is just as important as a starter. And I know that we view sports and we view basketball especially with the glitz and the glamour and who's getting their name called by the PA guy 10 minutes before tip-off. But at the end of the day, you can go back in Thunder history and you can look at those teams that had Hall of Famers, that had Russell Westbrook, had Kevin Durant. How many times did playoff series shift or did meaningful games shift? Because when the bench unit came in, they couldn't sustain offensively, much less get to a new gear offensively. They were they had a steep, steep, steep decline offensively. That's when other teams made their run. That's when other teams got back in the game. And that's when other teams swung the series or swung the, or swung the pivotal game, right? With Trey Mann there, you're going you're to have so many scores eventually that Trey Mann continues to uplift your bench unit to where SGA can go get a break, Josh Kitty can go get a break, Chet Holmgren can go, go get a break, and you either sustain at worst or even uh, punch it into a different gear offensively. So I just love the dimensions that Trey Mann can bring, even if he never becomes a starter in this league. I think that with, I mean, at least for the Thunder, of course, I think that with Trey Mann, that role is so valuable and that the Thunder have kind of seen how valuable that role is, especially, of course, in their first iteration of this, of this, you know, era of Thunder basketball and you're in, you know, era one of Thunder basketball. They saw how important it is to have a bench score and how much of a priority it should be to have a bench score. And so I think they're going to pay him handsomely to do so if he pans out the way we think that we think he will. Uh, and can he fit into that Tyler Hero type of role where, you know, Tyler Hero is good enough to be a starter and he wants to be a starter. Everybody wants to start. He's good enough to be a starter, but he also has a ton of value as a sixth man. Uh, and so I, I just really enjoy what we've seen from Trey Mann so far and think that he can really progress uh, offensively as well. I am all in on Trey Mann. Coming up, though, let's talk about 6 through 21 uh, names on this list. We're going to do that coming up. But first, I want to say right now about our good friends over at Bet Online, folks. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. It has everything that you want. Find the latest sport developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's NHL playoffs, MLB season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sport wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. And BetOnline.net remains the best spot for all of your sport scores, podcasts, and news this year. BetOnline.net is the fastest and best way to check up on all your favorite sports events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. So go right now to the website or even use your mobile device. Check out the trends and actions. Go to BetOnline where the game starts. And folks, it's this easy. I know that basketball season's over. You type in your URL bar, betonline.net. I know that basketball season's over, but maybe that's the only sport you follow. Maybe that's the only sport you care about. You can still bet on it. And you might be wondering, how can I still bet on a sport that doesn't have games being played? Folks, they've already got 2023 NBA championship odds out right now. The Warriors are the favorites. The Thunder have tied for the worst odds with the Mav- with the uh, Houston Rockets to uh, win the finals. So the Rockets and the Thunder have the worst odds, them two alone have the worst odds to win the title. You can go bet on that at betonline.net. This is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. 
Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We are back on the Lockdown Thunder Podcast, on the Lockdown Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. Follow the show on Twitter at Hello Thunderpod, email the show, hellothunderpod at gmail.com. On today's show, we've talked about the decision days. We've talked about the salary cap sheet. Let's continue power ranking this roster. Uh, at number six, I have Jalen Williams, J-Dub from Santa Clara. Uh, the Santa Clara Jalen Williams, I think, can be a really, really good player. I am all in on Santa Clara Jalen Williams, J-Dub, as uh, he's being described. He's J-Dub. The Arkansas Jalen Williams is J-Will. I- I'm all in on Jalen Williams. I-, I think that he can... Uh, I think he has a lot of defensive upside. I think that he can really be a nice catch-and-shoot scorer. He was last year in college, shooting over 40% on the catch-and-shoot. I, I just, I think that he fits seamlessly with this roster. Uh, number seven, here's where things get interesting. To me, seven through whatever, 17, is really interesting uh, and can really be flip-flopping guys around in and out. I've already made it known that I am very scared of Usman Jiang. I'm very, very scared. I, 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 I'm not sure uh, kind of how it's going to pan out. He's a project. We've seen this before with guys who need to improve shooting-wise in OKC and just don't do it. You invested three first-round picks in him. Um, but at the end of the day, if you're power-ranking the roster, you did invest three first-round picks in him. And Sam Presti did leap up in the lottery to go get him and made it a priority to go get him and, and outbid the Cleveland Cavaliers to go get him. Sam Presti believes that this guy can become a special player. And so when you factor in investment, when you factor in years of control, when you factor in upside, then Usman comes in at seven. Just ahead of Kenny Hustle. I have Kenny Hustle at eight. He's an incredible role player. He's an incredible player. We all love him. He's a fan favorite. Um, what knocks him down a little bit is that, um, of course, he's older and his value becomes leadership and becomes role uh, being a role player, which I think that he has an incredible value for this team and an incredible long-term value in this team. I would factor in Kenny Hustle with this team's core. The only thing that knocks him down a bit is that if you wanted to trade him, he's only making $2 million this year on the last year of his deal. And if you wanted to include him into a trade, it might be a little tough to match money to get back enough value for him. But... Uh, I love Kenny Hustle, and I hope that he's on the next playoff team in OKC. Um, but that's kind of where I have him at eight, just slightly ahead of Jeremiah Rumpsnerl. If you flip-flop these two, I wouldn't really blame you. If you flip-flop Kenny Hustle and Usman, I wouldn't really blame you. Uh, th- these three, I think, are pretty competitively close. Um, Jeremiah Rumpsnerl, to me, is just scratching the surface of what he can be, and I know that he was in college for longer than one year, so people kind of think that he has no upside left. But... You see the mid-range jump shot. I think that he can really progress from three as well. Uh, I think that he can play make out of the high post. I, I just, I think that 
Jeremiah Armstrong is very versatile and can get a lot better defensively. Uh, he was already solid defensively last year. I think he can get a lot better even uh, as he continues to get more comfortable in the NBA. I love Jeremiah Armstrong at nine. Uh, and then here's another tier. So like that was one tier. Here's another tier. I think that 10 and 11 and 12 can be pretty interchangeable, but especially 10 and 11. I don't really care who you put at 10 or 11 between these two. I've got Poku at 10 just because, of course, they invested in him and they, and they still believe in his upside and he's still younger uh, than Baisley and he is kind of this perceived you know project that could become a unicorn, right? Like, I still uh, think that the Thunder believe in Poku for at least one more year. Now, if he... If he struggles this year, I, I've, I've, I've heard that you know if he struggles this year, uh, they're not going to continue to have a huge long leash on Poku. Let's just say, let's just put it that way. So I have him at ten still, but uh, I do think it's a longer leash than than basically a little bit. And uh, of course, they're going to grow with him. But if he if it takes Poku going to the G League again this year, or if it takes Poku, uh, you know, um, struggling out of the gate this year the experiment will will not have the legs that it was once believed it would. Uh, so I have Poku 10 and Baisley 11. You know I love Darius Baisley's play on the floor, uh, building block Baisley on the floor uh, for Darius Baisley. He really came on uh, defensively last year. I think that he was a really good defender. I think he was second-best defender on the team behind only Lou Dort and, and maybe even could challenge for first if he continues to progress as a versatile defender uh, at the perimeter. Um I want to see him get more involved offensively on being more active, right? Being more active off ball. And we'll see if that's going to be his plan this year. He's put on a ton of weight um, in a good way. He's up to, uh, I believe he's up to 219. His goal was 220 entering the season. So he's up from uh, 208 to 219. His goal was 220, but he's already at 220 right now. And so he says that he might kind of extend that to uh, 225, which would be pretty uh, awesome to see him kind of just totally reshape himself in one off season. Uh, so I have him at 11 at 12. I have Aaron Wiggins. You guys know I'm, I'm just irrationally high on Aaron Wiggins. Admittedly, I would, again, I would have Wiggins in the same tier as Poku, which would make him in the top 10. If you flip flop Wiggins and Poku, uh, I think that these three, that this three group is a tier um, to itself. I love Wiggins. I think it has uh, immense three and D potential and can really help a team. The way he played defense as a rookie is something that you don't see very often. And because the team was losing and because his season was interrupted by some injuries, it didn't really go. It didn't really go. Um, you know the way you. Uh, it didn't really get the recognition, I should say, the way that he played defense. But he was really good defensively for a rookie. Um, number thirteen and fourteen to me again interchangeable. Jay Whale. And Isaiah Roby, Jalen Williams, Mark Arkansas, Isaiah Roby. I think that they both are, the, are almost the same player um, in a vacuum. And again, it, it goes back to what we said about they were decision making for Roby on the on the uh, contract option. You've drafted a ton of redundant players. I think what Isaiah Roby does better than Jalen Williams is um, shooting, and I think that Jalen Williams can do the dirty work better than Roby can uh, on both ends of the floor. And so you just pick your poison there. Would you rather have the shooting of Roby, or would you rather have the dirty work of Jay Will? Uh, and so. I put uh, Williams at 13 because you did keep pick 34 whenever you could have traded it for some value or move back or whatever, uh, and you did invest in J-Whale in that way. And then Roby, I put at 14, but if you want to put Roby 14 or, you know, or 13, that's fine with me as well. Uh, I have Vid Critchie at 15. If he improves his defense, he can be a really solid player as a playmaker at 6'7", and as a shooter, you know, as, if he improves his shooting as well, 
I, I like Fitkrichi. I think that the Thunder like him and want to give him a chance. So I have him above Mike Muscala. But I think that Mike Muscala still adds value, both as a leadership role, as a three-point shooter. And also, I think that on the open market, if you were going to make Mike Muscala available for $3.5 million, and they can just quickly and easily get a stretch five to play with their bench unit, maybe a team would want that. Who, who knows? They have to... You have to prove that Mike Muscala is healthy after the ankle injuries and could play some and can play some substantial minutes. But um, he's not all that old in general. Like he could play another year uh, easily and and help a team out in their quest to contend. And also he could just be a really good leader for the Thunder. At seventeen, I have Lindy Waters, and I, and this tier to me would be seventeen through fifteen. I, I could see Lindy Waters leapfrogging Muscala and Krishi if he just improves his defense. Um, but that's a tough ask. Now, I have total faith in Cam Woods, who helped pioneer this team's uh, top 15 defensive rating, you know, defensive finish last year. And at times, they were higher than top 15. They were top 10, top 5 even, I believe, at one point in the season in January. Um, Cam Woods is an incredible defensive mind. Uh, but, you know, it comes down to can you get that defense out of Lindy Waters? Um, and, and so if you can, then he becomes um, a more valuable asset. And that's why the Thunder gave him a two-year two-way contract. The Thunder very, very much value two-way deals and, and put a ton of emphasis on two-way contracts. So that's not something to be taken lightly from a team like the Thunder who constantly um, overturn two-way deals and constantly convert two-way deals. For them to lock up one of their two two-way slots in you, they believe in you, especially to do it over the course of two seasons. So if they, they believe that if he, can, if he can improve his defense, he can really have a, a role in the NBA. And so we'll see if he does it. We'll get a glimpse of him at Summer League uh, this summer here next week. We'll, we'll see him play, and we'll see how his defense improved and, and kind of see a benchmark at that point. Uh, and then 18, 17, 19, all kind of the same. To me, there's a huge drop-off between Lindy Waters and um, Tail Maldon and Ty Jerome. Maldon just doesn't really do much of anything well. Uh, he's just very young. That's his only selling point. Uh, statistically, one of the worst players in the league. But he is very young, so maybe uh, he can maybe he can kind of progress I think that for Teo Maldon, it'd be best for him to get a change of scenery and to just get a new environment. And the Thunder have a great environment, have a great ecosystem, but sometimes it's just not the right time, right fit, right place. Even if you have the best, you know, state-of-the-art environment, right? If, if you go to a job, right, and you go to an office and you can admit, hey, this workplace environment is incredible, but it's just, it doesn't fit me. It can be both. Like, it doesn't have to be a bad environment for you not to thrive there. Um, so I think that with Teo Maldon, maybe he just needs a change of scenery um, to kind of get better in this league with Ty Jerome. He's a fake three point shooter, right? Like people always act like he's a three point shooter. He's had one good three point shooting season his entire career. Uh, he has not been a good shooter at all. He's an average playmaker and doesn't really do anything else. Uh, so it's you know, hard to justify him at any capacity. And he's at 19 right now because of his age, but you could make the argument that he should be at 21, <laughs> but I have at 20 and 21, Jermichael Green and Derek Favors. Jermichael Green's making $8.2 million. The reason I have him below Ty Jerome is that the Thunder are not going to let him rehab uh, his value. Like they're just going to, they've already said that the Sam Price has already said he's going to move Jermichael Green before October, uh, before the season starts. So uh, when you're not going to let him rehab his value, uh, I, I think that he gets moved down, of course, behind Ty Jerome and things like that because teams have now seen, hey, to get Jermichael Green, the Nuggets had to give up a future first-round pick that was only top five protected. Like, that that changes the perception of a player right there in terms of trade discussions. Now, where I think things can be interesting is with Derek Favors at 21. Favors is making $10 million. Jermichael Green's making 8.2. And there are still reports out there that the Thunder are looking to absorb salary before free agency opens tomorrow. Um, 
Could you combine favors, $10 million, and Jermichael Green, $8.2 million, making that $18 million? Could you combine that and um, trade it for a larger expiring contract and, and get value that way for two players? And in this case, you'd be uh, saving the other team money. And then for yourself, you would be um, opening up a roster spot and getting back draft compensation for doing that. Uh, that's a option I think that the Thunder will explore, and we'll see if it can actually uh, come to fruition here in the next couple of days. But there there you have it with uh, the Thunder power ranking of the roster, the decision that they make on the team options for each player, and their salary cap sheet for the next season. We're going to see what they decide on. We'll have a free agency preview, winners and losers from the draft, all that fun stuff coming up on Lockdown Thunder. So subscribe anywhere you get your podcast from, including on YouTube. And until tomorrow, be good and be good to one another. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 